This is The Forum Quorum, an audio series presented to you exclusively by the Forum for Healthcare Strategists. Our panel of healthcare industry leaders will discuss how you can optimize your experience at the Healthcare Marketing and Physician Strategies Summit. Whether you work in a hospital or are exhibiting on behalf of your company, the advice and expertise we will share will inspire and inform. All right, here we are. I am Reed Smith, joined always by Chris Boyer, and we will be your moderators for today. Enjoyed by an illustrious panel, both hospitals and vendors alike. Maybe as we get started, let's uh, do a quick round robin and everybody introduce yourself. Hi, good afternoon. I'm Lisa McCluskey, and I am with with CHI Memorial, located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We are responsible for all internal and external marketing and communications. I'm Rob Rosenberg. I am president of Springboard Brand and Creative Strategy, and we are a healthcare branding and marketing firm located outside of Chicago in Arlington Heights. And Springboard's been around since 2002, and we work with health systems across the U.S. And glad to join you today. Hey everyone, this is Reba Thompson. I am the Director of Client Partnerships for Writer, Girl, and Associates. We are a professional writing company that specializes in the hospital and healthcare market. Preston B. I'm the Vice President of Strategic Marketing with Christus Health. Christus is an international firm that has about 60 hospitals in the United States and uh, Latin America. I've been with the organization four and a half years and have responsibility for marketing and marketing research. So today we're going to be talking about attending conferences, particularly the Forum for Healthcare Strategists, and really sharing best practices and tips on hospitals, as well as healthcare vendors, uh, healthcare partners that are attending and presenting at the exhibit can maximize their attendance and their exposure. Lisa, why do you think hospitals attend conferences like this one? And what, what are some of the value that they get from these conferences? For people like me, we're attending these conferences in order to help us learn how to do our job better, to bring something back to our team that will elevate the work that we're doing. We're looking for someone to share information that's enlightening. We we want something that's actionable, something we can bring back and, and apply tomorrow to help us work smarter, faster, more efficiently. I think there's a great deal of benefit to be derived from the latest thinking by our peers, industry experts. Also, the value of networking is really invaluable. Something, some of these things you can get, you know, digitally or through podcasts and that sort of thing, but it's difficult to replicate the networking opportunities that you have. Then I think also just the, the aspect of innovation, what's new? What's happening in the field? How's it going to change the way we do things? Very cool. Uh, Reba, maybe from the vendor side of things, you know, sa- same question, but but obviously you guys have been attenders of, of conferences and specifically this conference in, in years past. Why, why do you guys come? Why do you display? We have a rich history of coming to conferences like this. We've been doing it now for about seven years. Um, we found a, a lot of value getting outside of the walls of our office and really interacting with our everyday 
users and buyers of our service. Um, so it offers us an opportunity to meet people face-to-face, have a good time, uh, learn a little bit about the trends of the industry and what the pain points that our customers are really experiencing so that we can address those from our business perspective and be what Lisa said, be a solution provider for them so that hospitals and health systems can work smarter and uh, more efficiently within tighter budgets. Rob, anything you want to add to what Reba has said? You know, I think uh, really captured that very well. Likewise, you know, we certainly, you have to stay and be on the pulse of all the latest trends and all the different subjects being discussed at these conferences. So it's a good place to see and hear, but also, I I suppose, be seen and heard as it relates to opportunities to meet with people, current customers, uh, clients, and those that are also uh, prospective. But then again, just industry leaders that can really help from a vendor standpoint uh, understand, again, what some of the current challenges are that they're facing and how firms like ours can adapt to best help them. I'll jump in with one more thing that kind of made me feed off of what Rob said. We, we're we in this world of like awesome technology. We can do everything virtual. You can, like we're doing now, you know, we can get a group of great people together to do a lot of work. But I think that we really miss that face-to-face touch as we go throughout a year's worth of work. Think of how many times we're actually interacting in person with our customers and with our, our end user buyers. And so this is awesome to just get outside Talk to actual people, not through, a, not to a computer screen and not to an email address, and really put a face to the name. Reba, that's that's really great, and that actually tees up our next question, which we're going to toss out to all of you. But maybe first we'll start with you, Rob. When you're attending these conferences, you and you alluded to this that there are multiple different ways that you can interact with people there. There's the actual face to face. There's the track session of the conference, and in addition, you know, there's the ability through the uh, exposition hall to interact with people. Tell us about some of the tactical things that you as a vendor can do to optimize those various different touch points with uh, your potential clients. You know, uh, speaking and starting, I suppose, in the exhibit hall, you know, it is difficult to stand out and have in-depth conversations with attendees uh, sometimes during that. Uh, You have to think about it as really almost a 30-second commercial, and that's really all people want to talk to, quote, a vendor before they move on and they find either another uh, spot or they grab a snack. We, we kind of realize that you got a very short window during that time. But I think the flip of that is really it's what you do before and after that can really make or break your investment in the exhibit hall. Before the show, it's really important to identify, you know, what we kind of call those nano prospects. No more really than 25 people you really want to meet during the show. Use the list that's provided and tools such as LinkedIn, introduce yourself, invite prospects to visit with you, again, either during the hours, as you said, during some of the session tracks. You have to be somewhat sensitive, I believe, as an exhibitor, because really the attendees there want to attend the sessions, they want to network with each other, and you don't want to be a pest and you don't want to intrude on some of that time. So I think being sensitive to it and really looking for ways before and after the day starts to really identify and meet with some of the people you really want to talk to is really the I think the way to go and it's a little bit more low-key but I do believe it uh, it works better for exhibitors 
I like the idea of kind of laying some groundwork beforehand. So the, the work of displaying at the conference actually starts well before arriving. So I think that's a really good takeaway. Lisa, I'd love to get your thought on the Expo Hall. How do hospitals view the Expo Hall? How to use it? How is that part of the conference experience for hospitals? It's really a great place to have interactions with the product that you're thinking about. There are so many opportunities for different products, different software, that really narrowing where you want to start can be a difficult thing. But when you have the opportunity to look at who's going to be in the expo hall in advance and start to identify, okay, I'm interested in you know two or three things in particular. What I find helpful is if a vendor reaches out to me and they want to schedule a time in the booth for me to come and talk to them. And I've I, had that happen a few times and it's really helpful to have that scheduled time where we're going to have that face-to-face interaction and I can learn just enough more because if you think about as a vendor you really want to bridge from that you know high to to low impact and face-to-face is as as was said is the highest impact and then you can proceed down to phone discussions and high impact mailers and LinkedIn and and it goes down the line, but face-to-face is so important. Also, you know, one of the things that I found particularly helpful was current vendors invited me to come to the booth. And, you know, we have, one vendor had just a Starbucks gift card and invited me to come to the booth to, to meet the team and, and talk to them again, because once you start working with a vendor, you may never see them frequently. So not only was it helpful for me to connect with the team, but then I was in the booth as a reading fan. So I'm talking about how wonderful this product has been and how helpful it is to me. And people who are just prospects are hearing this. So for that particular vendor, it was very helpful to have me as a current customer in the booth as a reading fan. Yeah, I enjoy hearing from the people. Now, it can get overwhelming, but... um... You know, especially if there's a common contact or if I know the folks and having been in the field quite a while, many of us have been, we many times will know the firms or know people in the firms. And so for them to reach out beforehand, tell us about something that's maybe innovative in their portfolio or other clients they're working with that might have application in our realm as well. And I will usually make anywhere between five to eight appointments with people just to grab a coat or to meet them at the booth. Sometimes if it's a more in-depth discussion, we'll have breakfast or lunch, but I don't mind people reaching out. And uh, I usually will use that outreach as a trigger for me to make sure that I connect with them and either, you know, informally saying I'll drop by the booth or more formally by saying, yeah, let's grab breakfast on this day or let's grab coke on um, during the break of the exhibitor break. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. When it comes to like the aesthetics, because you're looking at 50 to 70 to 100 vendors in a spot, in a very small spot, I think there's two things. One, you want to have a very inviting space. So if you're sitting down or there's a barrier to an op- opening up the room for a conversation, I think you're just going to get passed by with people that are walking by. Um, so try to make it somewhat inviting. Don't sit down. Don't even have chairs in your booth because that's going to tempt you to sit down because you're on your feet all day. But, um, the other thing is 
really make it clear what you do. I can't even tell you the amount of times that I, as a vendor, go through the hall and I look at these booths that we spend so much money on and I can't even tell at a glance what the company does. So I think really honing in on when the healthcare executives come through, when they're able to look up at your booth and tell what you do, that is very important. Now, you might not be for everybody, and that's okay too. You're definitely not for everybody. But at least that gives them a decision point with, yes, I want to talk about this service or product or software, or no, I don't, instead of leaving them confused and they'll just pass by. Rick, I'd like to actually add on to that because you know, when you finally make that commitment, you're, pat, you're going by a booth and you think, okay, I'm going to step in. Um, for that person who's at the booth, you know, don't just say, how's it going? Um, you can get a lot more information about the pain point or why they they actually stepped into your booth by simply saying, you know, what was the most enlightening presentation you attended today? Or what was the, you know, what, did, what was the thing that you learned at any of the presentations today? Because that can give you an insight into what they're trying to solve and engage in conversation uh, rather than just, how's it going today? And that doesn't leave you a very good jumping off to draw them into what you do as a vendor. These are all great suggestions. I've been able to benefit over the years by attending both as from a hospital perspective as well as on the on the flip side as a vendor perspective. I, I often walk through the, the hallways of the expos and I wonder at times how much foresight and thought that uh, the people that are exhibiting there are taking to really engaging in the right way. We talk about this a lot with digital marketing that we don't want to put content out there that just doesn't resonate with the audiences. And I feel a lot of times that at the expo halls, they're putting content content out there that just doesn't resonate with the people that are coming through. I think it's a nice tra- natural transition to talk a little bit about another part of the conference experience. Yeah. So when you're looking at this and you're, you're valuing attending these conferences, both from the hospital side and the vendor side, is it important to you? Is it, do you make a cognizant effort to have multiple team members attend these conferences? There's uh, certainly uh, for uh, newer people to our company, it's great to have them there just to learn and be exposed to the depth of our industry. Uh, Very little expectations in terms of, you know, number of business cards or contacts or any of that stuff, Uh, but really more just go to uh, learn and open yourselves up a little bit. From a business development standpoint or a client service standpoint, sure, you know, it's good to have a couple extra people there with you. If you have numerous clients at a conference, it's great to get together and, as Lisa said, maybe have an event where you can bring existing clients as well as prospects so that the prospects can hear from current clients about what it's like to work with you. And I think more importantly, just have a better bigger discussion on some of the key trends and issues that are happening. And it's terrific to get uh, different perspectives on that. So yeah, bring a few extra people and and really kind of weigh it on number of clients that you have and really what your goals are in terms of education or prospecting and or both. I think that's great. Reba, what about you? Is there is there a reason to bring additional team members? Do you do they have assigned roles when they come? Uh, what, what's the expectation in, in your mind? There's so many offerings when you come to a conference like this over a three-day period and so many chances for interaction that we want to have the most amount of people there so that we can divide and conquer and soak up as much 
FaceTime, information gathering, anything that we can get. We bring uh, quite a few people to it for those reasons alone. We always have somebody at the booth that can man that and be inviting and, you know, uh, field questions and potential prospects and clients there. And then we, that leaves room for, like Lisa mentioned, appointments, you know, being able to really schedule a time to sit down and have a cup of coffee or a glass of wine with your current clients or a, a really potential hot prospect that you um, would love to do business with. So we do bring additional people so that we can kind of leverage all of the avenues for growing our business and meeting our partners. Having worked in hospitals, I know that there's also strategy that goes on on our end to determine who we decide to bring and select to bring to the conference. Tell us a little bit about, from a hospital perspective, who should you invite to conferences? What we will do when we take multiple team members, and we often do, for example, the the forum that's coming up, we'll have uh, four or five team members there. And there are pre-conference workshops um, so in this case, there's a good, really good digital one. We'll have our person that's in charge of that attend that. And then when we get there, um, you know, we'll say, you know, we usually huddle uh, either on a daily or before the conference basis and say, okay, who's going to go to which session? Let's make sure we got the, the ones that covered that we need to. And then what we do in terms of after the conference is we will have a debrief with the entire team. So everybody will take 15 to 20 minutes and talk about the sessions that matter most. But that way, everybody benefits from it. And then the next conference, we'll have another way that people go, and we'll go through the same drill. Well, I look for those individuals that it's truly a mentoring opportunity. We are into succession planning. When you look at you know the workforce and healthcare today, many of us are at that point where in a few years, we're thinking about retirement and so who are we trying to bring along? There are so many wonderful presentations that you go to, but then also it's about networking with people in positions uh, to elevate the knowledge base. And it, it's about connections, making connections with people who can help you in, in what you do. So I look for a staff member that, it, that I'd like to mentor, that I'd like to bring up to the next step in their career. So we talked about the conferences and we talked about strategies around bringing the, the right people to to the conference and even how to maximize the expo hall. Really, when you take a step back and you, you after you leave the conference and you kind of look back, the question comes around, you know, how do you determine success? What does success look like? So, Rob, let's start with you. What does success look like for you when you evaluate a conference prior as well as after? Well, it's always a tough question uh, because sometimes success doesn't come. It's a longer lag time. So sometimes when you immediately get back, you know, I think the old days of, uh, and again, speaking more as a as an exhibitor or a vendor as opposed to maybe a speaker uh, or, a, or a facilitator, success sometimes takes a while to quantify in terms of uh, potentially uh, new projects might, that might come out of it or new relationships that you might develop. Uh, these are things that don't happen overnight. Now, occasionally, and at this particular conference, it has happened to us. But, uh, more and more, there's a longer lag time. So looking at success to me now is, is if I look at the short term, as uh, Reba said, have I been able to make face-to-face contacts with people that uh, I 
haven't seen in a while, um, whether it's colleagues, whether it's competitors, whether it's conference attendees, and, you know, have I been able to just get out there and learn something as well? What's happening and, and what are some of the pain points and other key factors? Longer term, again, that's where you look at more of a quantitative evaluation to say, you know, was it worth it? Did I, you know, earn some additional revenue out of it? Um, did I gain some opportunities to speak at different organizations uh, or to present our capabilities? So you have to really look at it both ways, again, based on the goals that you enter at the start. I think Rob's spot on. I mean, we track very similarly connections, interactions, of course, budgets and dollars down the road. But I also think the flip of that is, what does it cost you not to be there? So we look at that as well. How, how much of a jump are our competitors getting over top of us? How much are we missing out in trending information and insights? Kind of the inverse of that is by not being there, how far is that setting our company back? And so we look at that as well. Cool. What about from the hospital standpoint, Lisa? How do, how do you evaluate the success of a conference or uh, the value of a conference? For me personally, from the hospital perspective, I often am going as a speaker as well as an attendee. So I'm looking at it from two perspectives. One is, you know, have I contributed to growing our industry? You know, healthcare marketing uh, is, a, is a very challenging industry. So if I consider success if I've helped someone else solve a problem or grow in, in the profession of healthcare marketing. And then secondly, you know, we, we look at what's what's the pain, I think Rubis said that, that we're trying to solve or, you know, focusing on the why. Um, have we perhaps come across an idea that would help us to address a trend in the industry, someone that, that has a best practice that we can bring back? And then also it's, it is the networking and it's connecting with Yeah, I will often look at the keynoters, which I think many of us do, um, and I particularly appreciate conferences that have keynoters that speak to the topical items addressing our industry. I mean, it's interesting sometimes to have, you know, the headliners that are celebrities or that are political figures or things like that, but I, I enjoy more those keynoters that have uh, timely and relevant information for what we're doing. And those two don't, those can be compatible. Sometimes, you know, if you, if it's an election year, then, you know, a columnist or a leading politician or something, that might be germane. But I really enjoy people that are speaking about what's on the vanguard from an industry standpoint or just from a a general communication standpoint. And being, again, in the market-facing functions, it doesn't need to be somebody that's necessarily in the health industry. They might be coming from the consumer goods or something like that, but they can be speaking on the latest trends. That's a critical thing for me. Then I'll look, secondly, to the breakout sessions, because that's uh, where you get a lot of really in-depth information specific to our situation, to our organization, and to our function. Um, and then, you know, the, uh, the venue, the activities, those kind of things are great as well. And speaking to my point earlier about networking, I think it's really important to have one or two really good networking activities 
where you just have an hour or two, whether it's an evening reception or something, or you know something in the exhibitor hall, where you can just uh, get around and connect with uh, colleagues and people you want to interact with. Very cool. Well, you you mentioned early on there um, presenting and speaking um, is an ex, is an I guess an extension of the conference attendance. Uh, what 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 are just some basic kind of guidelines or tips maybe for those that they've done some of that before, maybe in their own organization or other conferences, but either they they're new to this particular conference or, or speaking in general. Do you do you have any general guidelines or tips for those folks? Sure. You know, I like to follow the Zig Ziglar approach, which is you can get everything in life you want if you help other people get what they want. So my approach has always been to give somebody something they can take back and implement. Um, it, it isn't a place just to be a glorified sales pitch, right? We want, we want to make sure that we're sharing a solution to a problem, but we give them something to take home. Uh, maybe it's a template. Maybe it's a how-to guide. It's something that they can customize for them and implement right away. Uh, perhaps it is it's, it's sharing research that was done, um, or it is reporting on a, on a trend, but you know, why did we implement a change that addressed that trend, and what difference did that make? So you know, I, I always like to have something that is very relevant to the problem that they're trying to solve, and give them something they can take home and use to implement in their own organization. That's great. Uh, Reba, any additional thoughts on uh, presentation tips? Yeah, like what Lisa said, um, really it's not a place to be a sales pitch. Um, We've spoken nationally and regionally, and outside of the bio, I don't think we ever even say the word writer girl in our conversation. So it's really about elevating um, the industry. It's about sharing your tips and secrets. It's about transparency so that we can all rise, rising ships, bring rising tides or whatever that saying is. I think that's the whole premise and the idea is having concrete data, having concrete examples, giving key takeaways. Uh, When I go back to my desk the day after, what is the first thing I can do? It's not pie in the sky information. It's actionable right now, today. Here are three things that I can do to work more efficiently and serve our customers better. Rob, as a kind of a follow-up related question around that, how do you choose the right topics to use to highlight your expertise? I think as much as there's an exhibitor strategy, there's also a speaker strategy. And looking at what's new and what's different is so important. It's incumbent on both the conferences, and I know that uh, Judy and her team do an excellent job, as well as the speakers, to to plan it out. It's not the day of when the proposal is due to suddenly jot something down and, you know, go with it. It's another case study or it's something, you know, again, that's been discussed for years. But I think it's important uh, to think about what's really new, what's different, what's driving your thoughts. In fact, if speakers are actually thought leaders, then, you know, what are some of those thoughts that are coming to mind um, in the day-to-day and the, you know, the month-to-month industry and, and what we're seeing evolving? And and I think, you know, sometimes thinking outside, you know, quote, the healthcare box is really important it's, and it's very enlightening to me uh, to follow other brand 
leaders and other sights and sounds of what's happening so that, you know, you're always thinking about how it can relate to healthcare marketing. And, you know, people always say, well, it's always behind the times. I don't know if I agree with that. I think healthcare marketing is catching up quickly and there's a lot of innovation happening there. Um, but, but using some of, you know, kind of getting out of just the healthcare marketing box and thinking about branding and marketing in among big brands and what's happening and how it relates, I think is really where a lot of great fodder for these kind of conferences come out of. And I know attending those sessions as well as speaking at those sessions, that's really where the energy and the buzz comes from, not necessarily the same old thing, uh, just with a different hospital. And again, uh, you know, kind of further down this track a little bit, Lisa, I, you know, I know you, you talked a little bit about this in the beginning. Uh, of our time together today, but your determination on which vendors you would speak with at a conference, for example, what are some of those determining factors on uh, you know who who you do decide to spend time with? So it goes back to you know our pain points and you know what are the current challenges challenges that we're facing, and you know truthfully in a in our positions we receive just numerous. You know, emails every day with product offerings and, and vendor offerings, and there isn't enough time to really sort through them. Um, if someone is contacting me in advance and they're letting me know that they're going to be a vendor at the at the exhibit hall, and here's what they're offering, you know, I'm more likely to go search them out. And you know, we all get the oversized postcard, pre-show postcards. Um, you know, I'd say mix those, but really it's about being timely in the invite and sending me information that that I'm going to, to look at, have time to respond to, and not two days before I leave, just be inundated with 20 offers um, for meetings. So I think there's a thoughtfulness that needs to happen on both sides. You know, I want to go into the exhibit hall knowing I at the end of the day, I want to make sure that I have had time to talk to these, you know, five vendors. And, and likewise from the vendor, um, being able to know that I'm going to make certain in that, in that three-day time period, I have, I have dedicated 15 minutes with that, that executive. I think the idea of this being super transactional, you know, on the spot is is probably unrealistic in a lot of cases and that people like to do business that they have uh, where they have relationships. And so, you know, Rob, I think, spoke to this earlier and reviewed it as well. But being able to kind of nurture over time, uh, maybe even over multiple conferences, these relationships, I think, you know, not only... Uh, allows for business to be done, but also for relationships to be built uh, where people can work together for periods of time. So I think that's um, some good thoughts. Reba, this is for for you and Rob uh, specifically. Reba, we'll start with you. But um, you know, talking about booths in the in the expo floor and those types of things, we've seen kind of an influx over the last several years of people using their booth and leveraging that opportunity to have additional education in, in the booth itself. So demos, you know, obviously was was one, but obviously speaking opportunities being you know in conjunction with exhibiting with the booth. What are some thoughts you have around how to maximize your presence? with the booth itself, but also combining that with speaking at the conference. Yeah, I think it goes back to our divide and conquer 
uh, mentality where we're always having someone in the booth there to represent Writer Girl and to greet our visitors um, as they come by, but also uh, maximizing the time for education. Uh, you can put small small groups together, host little events uh, outside of the exhibit hall to really teach people about what you do or educate them a little bit more or learn what they're looking for. I'd say it is difficult for executives to come through the exhibit hall because they do feel so bombarded. And while the exhibit hall has a purpose and absolutely it's very worthwhile, you won't find nearly as many executives in the exhibit hall as you would find like attending the actual conference things. So really making a point to schedule outside of the exhibit hall in conjunction, I think will bring a lot of value. Uh, like Lisa mentioned, we're not trying to waste her time at all. We want to be prepared. We want to be thoughtful. We want to bring something to the table that we really feel will add value to her everyday world. We can't sit back and wait for Lisa to come through the exhibit hall and hope that we see her name on the badge as she's walking and we're squinting, you know, to try to read the names. So it's a little bit more thought out than that. Um, so kind of tag teaming the people that come through exhibit hall versus those executives that might not even really make it into the exhibit hall. Um, how can you bring value in to them as well? Rob, anything to add to that? Uh, you know, I think it all comes down to the squeezy ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I think Reba really uh, uh, hit some good points there. Um, you know, it, it's really hard. And as I said earlier, uh, you have to think of it as um, I, I wish there were opportunities to have educational sessions within the exhibit hall, but they really they really just are not. Unless you are a product vendor that you can actually do a demo, we're not. So it's much more of a you know thirty second introduction. Find out you know uh, to Lisa's point earlier what has been the most interesting. What are you looking for? What are you hoping to learn? And and really just kind of going on from there. But I do think that the best one to punch is that opportunity to both speak and exhibit because then you're really uh, more than a exhibitor. You're seen as an expert and, and really that's um, certainly what we try to do. And I think that that thought leadership really needs to kind of translate from the, the podium to the exhibit hall so that you're consistent with your expertise and your thoughts. And again, it's that great one-two punch that people can attend your session and then you can invite them back uh, to say if you want to learn more just to learn a little bit more about what you're facing, uh, answer any questions, then please see us at the booth. Otherwise, your time is limited, the attendees, um, their time is limited, and you know they kind of want to get on with their day from an educational standpoint. Lisa, what do you think about what both Reba and, and Rava said? Yeah, that, that's right on target. Um, it, it is intimidating. You know, I always say I it's like running the gauntlet if you're going to go down the exhibit hall. Mm -hmm. so, you know? mm -hmm. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> you know, I try to have a plan. And, and I will say here of late, it is, I have had appointments where I know where I'm going. Um, maybe I'm meeting somebody for coffee, a vendor for coffee. And if I made that commitment that I'm willing to meet you for coffee or I'm willing to come into the booth, then... You know, that's a huge step forward in, in I'm going to further this relationship. I've already given some thought to what you offer and I'm willing to explore more. So it's, you know, it's just a more qualified way of doing it. And 
also, you know, one of the things is that um, the team at the booth tracking key questions that are being asked over and over again and, and being able to summarize and share with the team. So when you're asking questions, they're not trying to hunt down the person that has that answer, but, you know, the team who's manning the booth is a little pretty well informed as to here are the most common questions we're getting asked today. You know, one of the things that you know, I'm, a, I'm also have been aware of is the vendors that they're sending their leads back daily to their home office and you know, I've gotten back to my desk and there, there's something waiting, a best, maybe it's a best practice, maybe it's a tip sheet, maybe it's more information, you know, and I respect that from a vendor as opposed to, you know, I'll get back to my desk and maybe there's five uh, oversized postcards waiting, inviting me to stop by their booth. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's a huge difference. This has been a really great conversation, and we really appreciate all of your insight into how to really look at a conference from both the hospital and a vendor side to maximize that experience. You know, since this episode is being produced by the Forum for Healthcare Strategists, it would be remiss of us to not do a little question about the forum. What is one great thing that you found by being at the forum all of these years? There are a couple of things I really like about the forum and the conferences that the Forum for Healthcare Strategists sponsors. One, I think it attracts a high level of um, really thinking, innovative, um, you know, top of the game attendees, and it's always good to network with that group, that type of ca- that caliber of individual. I think, as I mentioned before, I think they do a great job with the keynote presentations. They really put a lot of thought and consideration into what's going on in the industry. Judy and her team reach out to a number of people, including myself, but also some other folks in the field and say, okay, how did, what do you think about this topic? How about this presenter? Who's heard this individual before? The forum, I, I believe, has evolved into the place for senior strategists. You know, you've stepped up into your career and maybe you're at the, the director or vice president level. You're looking to lead strategies and you're not necessarily the one who is tactical, but you're developing, you're setting the course, you're developing the strategies, you're doing the planning. And that's what's so beneficial about the forum. And then also as you're, you're bringing along, you know, perhaps that manager who you're mentoring that you're hoping they'll be ready to step up to the next level as you, you know, perhaps retire, you know, what a great way to help them start to get their feet wet in, in getting involved in developing strategies and getting connected to those thought leaders. The forum does a great job of getting people in the seats, getting people to attend. No one likes a conference that's like a ghost town where you're passing the same people every day. Um, they're very well organized. I imagine it's probably semi-easy to get exhibitors, but much more difficult in the times with budgets and the, the way things are going in healthcare from the provider side. But I think they do a great job of enticing with great networking events, with valuable speaking topics, fun locations. Let's be honest, we all want to have a good time when we're, when we, when we're outside of our office. As these conferences sort themselves out, the forum has done a really good job <clears throat> evolving 
um, with more senior, not only maybe the senior leadership, but also the topics that uh, hit close to home for a lot of the more senior marketers. It's the right size to be able to do that. So you don't have a lot of the entry-level folks coming in uh, who are just learning about healthcare marketing. And that's where, you know, a lot of the same old, same old kind of takes place. But in this particular conference, you're at a higher level, not only in attendee, but also in discussion. That's been a great conversation. Really thank you all for being part of this. Um, and, and thanks for sharing your ideas. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Our pleasure. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. This has been the Forum Quorum. To learn more about opportunities to educate, inform, and network with healthcare peers, please visit us online at www.healthcarestrategy.com.